Hello and welcome to the I Am A Health Visitor podcast. I'm Jenny. And I'm Amy. And Amy is busy with the, the newest member of the I Am A Health Visitor <laughs> podcasting team, aren't you, Amy? I sure am. <laughs> so um, you've got additional sound engineering going on tonight from uh, Miss A, I believe. Absolutely, yeah. It's... Um... <laughs> Yeah, we've got some we've got some noises going on in the background. Sorry, guys. Oh, you know, as I said, it's uh, they're lovely, cute little noises. So uh, no <laughs> problems there. And uh, if anyone has heard some of the podcasts with my kids interrupting, I'm sure they're going to be very patient and very uh, appreciative of Miss A's much nicer little noises than uh, than well, my two going mom in the background. <laughs> they're nice for now. <laughs> Long way to stay that way. So, um, a few weeks ago, in fact, well, actually, I know exactly how many weeks ago because it was the same day I got the message from you saying that Miss A had arrived. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. I met up with a um, lovely lady called Jen and her son, Will. Um, uh-huh. Will has a bilateral cleft palate. And in fact, um, Jen actually had a bilateral cleft palate when she was born as well. Ah. And I first saw them on Instagram. Um, she has an account um, called Mama Boost. Um, and she's got lots of pictures, videos, um, like Instagram TV things of really detailing her um, Will's journey over the last six months and things. Um, and I first saw them on the Make Motherhood Diverse Instagram account. So I'm sounding like an absolute Instagram addict here, and I must admit I am probably a bit. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I got in touch with her and was following her story and things. And so it was really lovely to actually meet up with her in real life and meet Will as well. And it was that really weird thing where I'd seen so much about them. I kind of felt like I knew them already. Okay. And then she, she'd listened to some of the podcasts, so she kind of felt like she knew me a bit as well, which oh. was really nice. How come um, she'd listened to the podcast? Because you'd, re- like, you'd contacted her. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah. Lovely. So there'd been a few things that she'd um, mentioned in Instagram stories about um, that she, you know, queries she had with Will and general baby things. Mm. And where I've been in touch anyway, I'd sort of put her in touch. And also because one of the things, I think Jen talks about it in, in the interview, was that they were having real problems getting Will to take an adequate amount of um, milk in yeah. to be able to build his weight up so that he was a suitable size for surgery. And so at 16, 17 weeks they recommended that she started trying to introduce solid foods. Right. And so our last pod, or one of our last podcasts about um, the um, pouches and things, I recommended to her to what to listen to um, because of the information in there was so relevant to anyone sort of starting okay. solid foods and things. Yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, I can't remember, I can't remember which other ones there were, but there were a couple that I recommended to her partly as well because it was like, look, I'm, I'm not some nutcase who's going to lure you to a shopping centre and then uh, do weird things. I genuinely am doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> lure you to a shopping centre. <laughs> I don't quite know how dodgy things can get at Blue Water, but, you know, you have to be careful. <laughs> you have to watch out those dodgy characters. Exactly. 
exactly great so should we go straight into the interview then i hope yeah, everybody let's. enjoys listening um, and just to say yeah we had asked we went into a um, a restaurant in blue water and asked for a quiet corner and um we we did end up kind of we realized that the, the quiet corner they gave us was was quiet apart from the fact it was right by the kitchen and also um yeah you might hear um a little bit of a, a temper tantrum for a young man whose family came and sat right near us kind of towards the end of the interview <laughs> and again apologies for that we we could do nothing about the circumstances around it and things well i tell you what between them little one over here making herself very much known on this podcast and the doing the interview in a restaurant the sound quality isn't quite what you've come to expect from this podcast so i can only apologize for that but Hey-ho, it's better to have a poor sound quality than no podcast. So. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And also, Miss A is not, she's beautiful. We're not We're not going to take anything away from that. <laughs> she's very, making some very hangry noises. <laughs> oh. Anyway, here we go. Okay, so Jen, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for asking me. Oh, thank you. no. So would you like to sort of introduce yourself? Because you probably do a better job of it than I can try. <laughs> um, okay, so my name is Jen. Um, I'm 31 years old. Um, in 2018, I found out that I was pregnant with my first child. Um, I was born with a bilateral cleft lip and palate. Um, and subsequently, at 13 weeks pregnancy, I found out that my son will um was also going to be born the same way okay cool so that must have triggered a lot of different feelings and things did it change much about how your pregnancy was managed um yeah so um what happened was um at 13 weeks i had a bleed um, and in nhs they basically said um it wasn't severe enough for them to do a scan so we went to have a private scan done um, where it was diagnosed and in the consultation I was like, oh that's fine, not a problem and I walked out and I, I couldn't control myself um, and I genuinely was probably in bed for about two days where I just didn't want to talk to anybody, I didn't want to see anybody, I was so guilt ridden that I just, I didn't want anybody to say it's fine, it doesn't matter because internally I just was really struggling with it. Yeah. And um, so then the, the first period, probably into, I don't know, halfway through my second trimester, um, it was just guilt that was overriding anything. Um, and yeah, it just, I, I felt solely responsible. I, growing up, I'd never been told specifically that there was going to be um, you know, a possibility of me passing on because it's not classed as hereditary. No. Um, genetics wise, after doing some research, um, they've said that it's between two and eight percent of me wow. passing on. Um, so yes, that was kind of what really, really got into my head. Um, but then I tried to start changing my attitude, um, which is obviously why I started up the Instagram and tried to put more positive but realistic spin on things. Lovely, wow. And so did you did you end up meeting sort of health visitors before you had Will or um, did, 
was it. I don't think I met any health visitors before Will. Um, we very quickly had a referral to our cleft nurses um, and I was already starting to see midwives by that point. Yeah. Um, so actually it was only until afterwards that we yeah. saw um, health visitors. Because actually I would not even thought before, but did you manage to have Will at your local hospital or did you have to yes. have him um, at... Um... So we, where we live, we were kind of between two hospitals anyway. Um, there was one that was slightly closer, but there was one just you know, slightly further away but not within you know too far a distance um, and actually it was the paediatric team that were going to be based at this sort of hospital that was further away so we deliberately chose that that one that was further away but not too far no really. yeah. yeah I think it's that thing we're so fortunate in much of the country where we do have this element of absolute choice and things and the thing with the, the cleft is that it's not um, Obviously, it's a medical situation to be dealt with, but it's not um, life-threatening. No. So we were very lucky to be able to be at a close sort of local hospital. Yeah. yeah. And I know you've met your friend as well, who's got yes. a little and almost the same age as yes. Will. Yes. So I'm guessing you've been, you've ended up being a bit aware of the differences between care and support that you've had to receive with Will totally. compared to yeah. your friend having a sort of more Ev- typical. Absolutely. And, and everything that um, my friend's baby was doing, I was saying, oh, I wish Will could do that. I wish Will could do that. And it, it was always generally in regards to feeding. You know, my friend's baby can do the, the typical cradle position. And she was breastfed to start with all the things that Will wasn't able to do. Yeah. And I know, and because we get, um, I've mentioned already that your Mama Boost on yes. Instagram, and yeah. there are so many videos, and you've got highlights as well, haven't you? Yes. Particular things yeah, yeah. to look through, which I really recommend. So, as we were saying about with feeding here, yes. it's been quite tricky to get weight on, yes. to keep weight on, and things. Yeah, absolutely. And I know what you said about with the the financial um, Breastfeeding was just not really. No, that was. Um, to be fair, the, the hospital staff still encouraged skin to skin, although um, we'd had him by cesarean, um, and they said, offer up, you know, your breast. Why not give it a go? But bless him, there was never going to be any chance. But you know, it still was worthwhile trying. And it's something um, which we do talk about a lot yeah. with our formula feeding parents about how important that skin to skin is. Absolutely. That responsiveness, even if you're not. Yeah, doing totally. Like still having that moment. Yeah. That's really lovely. Yeah, it was really, really. It was nice that they were encouraging that, um, and they were trying to do it as much of it as a natural kind of birth and yeah. sort of more normal situation. On inverted commas. Um, so yeah, that was really nice. But um, yeah, so feeding wise, he, like I said, he had the NG tube, um, and. You know, it is what it is. I was very sceptical. I didn't want it. I didn't think he needed it. Um, but his weight gain was so poor that there was no way of us not having it. Yeah. Um, and because of his poor weight gain as well, um, he was put on high-calorie milk. Um, so I don't know if, like, if it's like well-known, but it's SMA, high-energy, or high-calorie. Uh-huh. Um, and he's still on that now. Um, because I don't know what it is, if he's got a fast metabolism, whatever it is. Um, so yes, we use um, SMA high energy. Yeah. Um, and then like I said, we've, we were using, we were offered two special feeding bottles. So uh, Dr. Brown's, um, which is like, it looks like a regular bottle, but it has a filter within the teeth. Um, you can buy Dr. Brown's in Mothercare and wherever, yeah. um, but these particular special feed ones have a filter. Um, so it drip feeds the milk in. Um, and then we were also offered a, Nam 
bottle, I believe it was called, NAM, um, and it's a squeezy bottle. So it's like a flexible bottle, you squeeze the amount of milk. Oh, so you squeeze? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I was very hesitant to be using that bottle to start with because it was just so overwhelming and the idea of him choking and what have you. Um, so we did stick with Dr. Brown's. Um, and then we had the feeding tube um, and then our cleft nurse came to see us and said we also um, give out these cups and it's called a doidy cup, I don't know, you probably know of it um, and it's a slanted cup and we've been using that probably for the last four or five weeks and that has changed our lives yeah. completely. And so explain as well why it was really important to get him trying to not to use the tube. Yeah, of course. Um, so the, the feeding tube, because it's nasogastric, um, when Will has his operation, obviously they're going to be sewing whatever's in his mouth together to create a palate. Um, and the NG tube would go over the top of that and rub on the work that's been done. I see. So they wouldn't do the... So it'd be really painful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, obviously it might affect... Yeah, the, yeah. yeah absolutely. So um, they said that they wouldn't be able to do the surgery without the tube being out. Right. Um, so there was a definite push. So I know the, the ideal that you were aiming for was to get him completely on bottles rather than using the bottle and yes. feeding tube. Yeah. Which, I, I, as someone who hates fat <laughs> and tries to minimise fat as much as I can, I can completely get why that was important yes. for you. Yeah. Um, but how did that go? Um, not very well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, so bottle feeding was... It, it got to a point, and I think if I'm honest with myself, I'd got myself into a very dark situation thinking that this was going to be it and we were never going to turn a corner. Um, and then once we were offered the cup, um, and I thought, what's the worst that can happen? Um, I went, well, right, we're not going to use that bottle anymore because it just, it was not going to work for him. Um, Remember, he was taking less and less than the bottle. Correct. And more and more food from the tube. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you were having to up silly o'clock to do. Oh yeah, and absolutely. And, and, and I, he was sleeping through. But oh, you he were. was loving life, absolutely. And and God love him, he was sleeping twelve hours. But we were then up, you know, feeding three times through the early hours. Um, but to his credit, he still sleeps well now, even though he doesn't have the tube. Um, but. You know, it, we, we had to do it to, to work out what was right for him, what was not working for him. Um, and I think it's important that there are other methods that are promoted and used um, and to give parents the confidence that, yes, you can use a different method. You don't have to go down this certain route. Yeah. Um, and luckily for us, a I cup think, was the thing. I think it's amazing how, I mean, I know from, <clears throat> I mean, like, I, I struggled greatly with breastfeeding my first and things. Yeah. And some of the biggest breakthroughs I had were in those, oh, for goodness sake, well, look, I'm going to try this, because yeah. I just, I'm at the point where... Oh, anything goes. Anything goes. Yeah. And that would often be the moment where things would happen, and you'd be like, oh. Well, here we go. Yeah. Okay. And that was exactly it for, for Will and Cup feeding, because um, when we were bottle feeding, we would spend more time trying to wind him and console him. Yeah that he'd taken 30 mils of milk that had taken 40 minutes to do as an example and cup feeding 
I mean, now he can drink 180 mils in 20 minutes. Wow. Which, you know, still might take, you know, other babies a lot less time. Yeah. But for him, it was it was such a change and yeah. such a relief for us as parents. And, you know, I used to dread walking through the door if I'd been out for a walk or something um, because he was always crying, because he was always full of wind and just miserable. Yeah. We started using that cup and that just changed our lives it really and, did and it is fantastic is it on your regular feed that you've got the video of him and um, i think i actually put on my stories um so it will be within the highlights but i might do it as a and as an actual kind yeah. of post because i think it's really important that people realize that like i say you know it doesn't have to be breastfeeding it doesn't have to be bottle feeding no. there are these other methods and i think it's a really useful one for even for babies who don't have Things. Yep. It's really good to see a really lovely clear video of someone using the doidy cup. Yeah. And because it's just amazing how it is that so very, I mean, it looks like such tiny little drops you're it giving is. him. Yeah. But he takes them so nicely and the excitement he has when he sees the cup <laughs> is just the cutest. Yeah, <laughs> he definitely has his happy legs and, and you know, to think even the beginning of December, so three months ago, he was so unhappy to now it is just it's such a relief yeah yeah it's, it's amazing oh it's brilliant and so what key things have there been any particular resources that you found really useful for informing yourself about um clefalips and palettes and gates but i know you kind of said that there are other clef moms on instagram absolutely things, but are there any particular organizational things that we should look out for for information for or things to direct clients yeah. to if we have clients who absolutely um so without doubt the clef lip and palette association it is a charity um but i believe um it's the the uk kind of national charity that is affiliated to Cleft Lip and Palette yeah. um, and they are their resources are amazing they have lots of leaflets they have lots of um, advice um, and also um, you know we talk about getting all these free things from the NHS um, the Cleft Lip and Palette Association um, they give out free bottles oh, wow. so um, Dr Brown's bottles are quite expensive and you need more than one of course but um, we actually got two bottles for free. So actually, even as parents, they're a fantastic resource. Yeah. Um, so yeah, without a doubt, it would be the, the Cleft Lip and Palette Association. Um, but genuinely, from um, an emotional side of things, Instagram, YouTube, just finding those parents that have been through it before yeah. was, for me, such a relief to find that it wasn't just me going through these things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it would definitely be um, yeah. social media. And actually, in a way, you're actually quite a beacon for people as well. Uh, are you finding that you're getting... I mean, it's lovely for you to say that. And, and I have had a few mums be in contact and say it's such a relief for them to see a child going through the different stages yeah. that potentially is what their child is going to go through as well. Um, the, you know, it's, it's very sweet that people have even kind of found us and, and kind of can associate themselves yeah. with us. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> any closing words, any, any vital hints for health issues that you've not covered um, that you can think, oh my God, please make sure they know this? <laughs> It's very, I mean, obviously this is only a personal perspective, um, so I can't talk for every parent out there, 
but it's just the terminology that's used. Um, so, as an example, when Will was first born, I had two separate midwives say to me, he'll be fine when he's had his operation. And what I wanted to say was, he's fine now. And I, I know that they would never have meant he's not fine, but obviously they were trying to say, you know, operation will be done, you'll be laughing, you'll be on, on your way. And um, so I think it's just possibly the, the way that you're um, trying to console a parent possibly, and just that terminology that's used that, doesn't, that can't be perceived to be offensive. Yeah. Um, because I'd like to think that I was fairly resilient, um, and obviously having a cleft myself, um, and I know that the way that sometimes people say things, it's because they don't know what else to say or they don't know how else to say it, but just that terminology that's used is possibly what I would consider. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you know there's a bit of a journey between where you are then and the operation. Absolutely. It's like, that feels like 100 years away. Exactly that. And, you know, we looking back now over the last six months, how far we've come, but how much we've struggled for someone to just say, he'll be all right, he'll be fine, or like, oh, you know, he'll be fine once he's had an operation. I just wanted to say in that moment, he's fine now. And, yeah. um, you know, and, and he's our son, and it doesn't matter to us the way he looks. No. But obviously that terminology sometimes could be interpreted. Um, and I think if I was 100% honest with myself, I probably did have postnatal depression in that first, or an element of, um, in that first few months. And I think sometimes when things were said, I was possibly turning it, but actually, you know, when someone's feeling okay, it doesn't really matter how you say things, but maybe just to be considerate of how it could be interpreted is, is mainly what I would kind of put out there. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Brilliant. And uh, very best of luck for the coming few weeks. Thank you so we look much. Forward to seeing yes, more of what surgery happens. in the next sort of six weeks or so. I don't say a date um, in case, yeah. but um, yeah, we're looking forward to having the uh, the lip and the hard palate done, and that'll be the next step in the journey. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you again. Pleasure. Thank you so much. So I hope you all enjoyed that interview. That was really great and um, I learned a lot from it. So um, thanks so much to Jen and Jen <laughs> yeah, for doing the interview and being interviewed. I was going to say, it's almost lucky that you couldn't make it because I think it would have been very confusing to have Jen, Jen and Amy. <laughs> Jen, Jen. Um, Jen, Jen. Yeah, Jen, Jen. That <laughs> no, was really good. And I was really interested to listen to it because, to be honest, I know very, very little about... Um, cleft lip and palate which yeah. I'm ashamed to say I've only no, ever but... come across it once um, and I was yeah. a nursing student at the time so um, I've never actually had anybody on my caseload directly no so and so um, really Wills good. was quite yeah Wills was quite a significant one as well as I yeah. mentioned it was bilateral and so he had a um, sort of literally splits um, almost either side of his nostrils so yeah. if you look on um, as I said on her Instagram she's got loads of pictures of Will I mean he's the most gorgeous really gorgeous yeah. smiley boy um, but he had it was almost like coming down from each nostril it's almost like extended through the lip mm. and then what happens is that extends into the palate and right across the hard palate and the soft palate. Okay. And I know Jen's actually very kindly um, today recorded a little update for yes, us. Yes, I have. Um, because since um, me and Jen met, um, he's had his surgery. That's and fantastic. so the, the lip and the hard 
hard palette have been repaired Fantastic. but he actually still has a hole in the soft palette okay and so it's like you can imagine how massive a gap that is yeah. in his mouth and interestingly enough i've been doing um my breastfeeding specialist course homework mm. today and lo and behold the chats that i've been reading today a big chunk of that has been about cleft lip okay. and palettes yeah. And so it's been quite interesting putting some of the things that Jen mentioned into context. Yeah. So, I mean, Jen um, mentions about the bottles she was using uh-huh. and she names them. Now, that was, it's one of those things where when she first named them, I was there thinking, oh, crumbs are we going to be seen to be promoting particular bottles? Yeah. But actually, no, the bottles she mentions, especially particularly the, um, she mentions about one bit, a squeezy bottle. Yeah. And they are so specific to cleft lip and palate right okay they cannot um get the pressure in the in the the oral cavity the the vacuum the suction exactly exactly and so where they need to um lower the pressure and things they can't do that it's all kind or no increase the pressure even sorry they can't do that because they can't make that seal yeah and so these squeezy bottles work where the mother can actually squeeze the milk pretty much into the mouth right and so allow them to then come to and swallow it. Flow. Yeah, yeah. But again, it's such a, a tricky thing to master mm. because if you have to work out kind of what capacity they can do. And if, we, if you squeeze too much in, it then comes back quite dramatically. Yeah, so it helps to regulate the flow that that yeah, squeezy bottle. Yeah. I thought that was really and actually, interesting. Yeah, and I mean, because it was quite interesting in this chat today and they were saying about you know, if there is a unilateral cleft in the lip, then yeah. the mother can actually position her hand to sort of close that to help increase that suction and things. Yeah. But obviously with a bilateral, it's that kind of thing of yeah, what it's you like, to, yeah, yeah, you can't do it. And just the, the size of the hole in the palate. Yeah. Um, and because, so it was, quite, it was quite interesting reading in this sort of book for breastfeeding specialists uh-huh. about actually how to manage expectations of what they can expect. Right. And the fact that actually it's, a relative, you know, quite a low proportion of, of cleft lip and palate families can successfully breastfeed. Yeah. Um, and to actually manage that thing of actually looking at doing more of the hand expressing, the expressing, yeah. and giving the milk in other ways and things. Yeah. Because um, one of the things as well is because obviously it's so energy intense um, to, yeah, to, for like them to feed. For them. Yeah. yeah, that even if they are breastfeeding, it's unlikely to be enough yeah. to maintain their weight without actually extra supplementation. Yeah, okay, okay. So it's, I guess about expressing and, and kind of topping up it, or if you can or yeah, using yeah. other ways of supplementing yeah. them. And also sometimes even they look at adding, um, sort of maybe even expressing but needing to add a thickener to it as yeah. well or like to help it settle. Because we were saying um, a high calorie um, yes. milk, like a specialist yeah. milk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then I think one of the really interesting things was that they had, and, and Jen speaks about it in the interview, they had to get him off of the um, NG tube that he had yeah. before he had surgery. Okay. And it was that weird thing, yes, thinking, oh, yeah. why would that be? But actually it's because the NG tube would sit exactly where the surgical wound was yes, for the so, closure. Yeah, yeah, and just the amount really of irritation and everything that would cause. Mm. Um, and interestingly, having started off having to do the early weaning and still getting nowhere with getting him to take more milk in the bottle, mm. they then actually um, went back to using a doidy cup, which yes. they'd used previously. Yeah. And um, they were um, 
interestingly, um, they sort of tried that again in almost, and I mean, how often have we done this ourselves? Probably even, I can imagine you've done it in the last few weeks. I know I did um, as a new mum. That thing of just thinking, well, to hell with it. Let's just give this a go and see if it works. Yeah. And, and so it, it does work. And yeah. you're like, oh, okay. And you kind of feel a bit rebellious because you're there thinking, I've not specifically been told to do this by yeah. any of the specialists. But it's working. I yeah, think I'm so going to carry, carry on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's um, it. I thought it was really good how she talked about the different variety of methods of feeding because I think it's quite easy sometimes to get caught up in this breast or bottle, you know, and it's that simple, um, yeah. either one or the other. But actually, the way she was talking about, you know, different using different combinations of that and also different yes. techniques and different tools like the doidy cup. Yes. Obviously, NG tubes have have their place, and obviously we're needing in this case as well um, yeah but the only other case I'd come across um was the one in my st student nurse days um and it was a unilateral um cleft and a lot milder case than than yes. than wills I think um yeah so she was actually able to breastfeed um with it and I, I remember um, the breastfeeding specialist that I was working with on that day because I saw yeah. it when I was spending some time with a breastfeeding specialist oh fantastic um, and she was saying that um with clefts sometimes if it's a unilateral cleft um breastfeeding can actually be easier for them than bottle in some ways because the breast tissue molds to the shape of the cleft exactly. where obviously a bottle wouldn't do that so and no. I thought that was quite interesting for health visitors out there to know as well that that's yes. an option yeah. potentially depending on the severity yeah. of the cleft. Well if you imagine as well if the cleft is only in the hard palate yeah. the ideal position of a nipple is, is at, at that junction of the hard and soft palate you know, I mean, it's actually, it's that stimulation of feeling the nipple at that junction that stimulates sucking in a baby. Yes. Um, and um, and so it's that thing where actually the breast tissue would beautifully fill, plug that gap and allow them to have the sort of the feed swallow thing. Whereas, yeah, as you said, a bottle, there's always going to be a bit of an air leak or something around it, isn't there? And that's why you end up with a lot more babies who are bottle fed having issues even without clefts of yeah. um of having ex excessive wind when they're feeding and things yes yeah 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 um so I thought that was really, really interesting. I just thought it was a fantastic interview. I'm sure you really enjoyed doing it, and I'm really pleased we're going to try and get this out in time for um cleft day cleft, yeah it's um I think it's cleft lip awareness week. Um, I knew there'd be some so better we'll phrase add, rather than we'll... day. <laughs> I'm going to blame that on baby brain, everybody. That's fine. That's fine. Sleep deprivation. No. <laughs> Obviously, I can't say no offence taken on behalf of all families, but I'm pretty sure they'll be forgiving of you. <laughs> um. Yeah, and um, I'm hoping that we've managed to use it right, but Jen's actually sent us a little update today yes. about how everything's going. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just really interesting um, as a sort of conclusion to everything that's happened because they are now, um, oh, I think they're three weeks, two or three weeks post-op, um, having had the, um, the repair done and things. So um, let's listen to that as well. Hear how they got on. 
Hi Jenny and Amy, it's Jen from Mama Boost. I just thought I'd give you a quick update as we are now three weeks post-surgery for Will's operation. Um, Will had his lip and hard palate repaired on the 9th of April at the Evelina in London. We were in for a total of two nights, um, but we were out really early on the Thursday um, after Will's surgery on the Tuesday, which we were very grateful for. Um, from start to finish, the whole thing was absolutely seamless um, and we're really, really happy with the Feeding-wise, post-surgery, we stuck with the cup feeding method, um, as that's what Will's used to, um, and it was absolutely fine. He, The intake was less, um, but that is what they expect, obviously, post-anaesthetic, and because the shape of Will's mouth has changed and he has to learn how to use his new mouth, essentially. Um, by the Thursday when we were leaving, his intake was pretty much up to normal, um, although solid food wasn't as high as usual. Um, but trust me, that is all, all changed now. Um, he's completely up to his regular volumes. He still um, is learning to use his new mouth, um, but he's getting there. Um, where the repair has been done, although the hard palate has been fixed, um, the soft palate hasn't been. So unfortunately, um, when he sneezes during feeding, that still mainly comes over me um but that the soft palate will be repaired in september so um or around that time so that will all come to an end at some we were advised two weeks post-surgery that all solid food should be puree consistency i'm guessing that's just due to swelling and will learning his new mouth basically uh, two weeks after that we were able to increase the texture of his food so we're currently in the middle of that at the moment um, I guess you'd class that as your stage two food and then four weeks post-surgery we can then do finger food and more baby led weaning um, which until now we have not been able to explore um, so yeah I'm really looking forward to trying that out and um, I guess you'd say um, that'll be the next challenge. Um, but yes, I'm so looking forward to it. So um, all in all, feeding is back to normal. Um, and yeah, we're so, so happy. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for having me on your um, podcast. And yeah, cheers. I think that's everything we've got to yeah. say now, isn't it? I hope that's really helped you. We're going to make sure we get a few links in the blurb about, um, I know the the... Clef Lip and Palette Association, which I think Jen mentioned, has been really useful, really um, good support for her. Um, also, Jen's um, Instagram account at Mama Boost. Um, and if we can find any information about um, Clef Lip and Palette Awareness Week, we'll pop yeah. that in as well. Yeah. Thanks so um, much for listening, everybody, as always. Yeah, and no. We'll be back um, with you again soon um, yeah. with my little miss permitting <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you it's something we've really missed um being out there and uh, getting podcasts yeah, out to you so it's been lovely for you to do this one for you today and um in the meantime we're on twitter at i am a hv um you can drop us a line on eat by email um i am a health visitor written long form um at gmail.com um, and we are on Instagram, but I kind of don't really no. get on there as uh, I am a HV <laughs> much. No, no. Um, but yeah, so do be do get in touch, and we look forward to hearing or to being back with you again very soon. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>